Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams. Daniel, nice to have you with us today, even though you are remote, but you've joined us, and we're good to see you. Happy Monday, Dr. Paul. Okay, good. We have lots to talk about today. It seems like the problems, we think we solve them. I'm just kidding, of course. But the problems keep coming back, but uh, they, they morph into other things. So some, some of the things we've talked about, there's a different, uh, different picture of what is happening. But uh, we, we frequently will point out the really bad examples and the good examples and try to get a handle on this. And of course, uh, we sort of lean toward the fact that maybe there, there should be more science in, involved in this. But there are a lot of variations of once you talk about science, who's science? Uh, uh, is it political science that, that we're, we're talking about? Or just how do they come up with this and uh, how we get to the bottom of it? But there was a case out there in LA that uh, got my attention, the attention of a lot of people in this country. And it was a, a woman that had, I think it was a uh, bar, a restaurant that she had her livelihood. And when I watched her on TV, and it was a really tragic story of, uh, of what she lost and, and what she couldn't do. And they just literally, she was just sort of getting over the first lockdown and she was getting going and getting ready. And then they come in again and arbitrarily, she fell into the category of she's a dangerous person and we have to close it. A small little shop restaurant. And, uh, and yet one of her arguments, which is very appealing to anybody with a, even a small conscience, and that is, why do the big guys get away with this? And she made the point, you know, people nearby uh, are in big, big box companies and all this, they're exempt. But in this case, the, the close by people were, uh, were the people in Hollywood. So they closed her restaurant down and now they're coming down this lockdown. And uh, what did the government do? The governments, you know, they protect our liberties. Uh, and sometimes they miss the vote. But what they, they did, they wanted to make sure the people in Hollywood had their restaurant. So they put up a nice big tent for them and provided the facilities and they qualified for it. Daniel, there are some of these things that are so outrageous and the anger is growing, which I think uh, uh, we have to make it a healthy anger so that they know they're angry at some of the really wicked things and that they know what the option is, the alternative is. And of course, it's getting rid of this authoritarian attitude that government knows best. Yeah, this is Angela Marston, her name is, and she's the owner of the Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon, a small restaurant, as you mentioned, and they barely survived the first lockdown in California, which obviously didn't work because they're trying it again. But what she did in the meantime is she invested a lot of money in outdoor dining and heaters and tents and everything because somehow you can't get the coronavirus if you're sitting in a tent outdoors, or you can get it if you're sitting indoors. Whatever. She tried to play the game. She tried to play by the rules. She's desperately trying to survive. She's got a lot of people whose livelihoods depend on her who work for her. And what happens, uh, the uh, California's governor, the L.A. mayor, Garcetti, who said, quote, cancel everything, that was his quote. They're in a full-on panic, and so they decided arbitrarily, uh, no, you can't even do outdoor dining, forget about distancing, spacing, forget it, you can't do it. And so she's completely crestfallen. She, the video, as you say, was very emotional. She looked, literally, it's like adding insult to injury. While she was being shut down despite following all the rules, she looked literally across the parking lot and they had set up a huge tent for a film crew 
to have their outdoor dining, which was approved by the authorities while she was being shut down. And this is the kind of stuff, Dr. Paul, I'm looking a lot around California. I'm listening to a lot of talk radio, which is doing what TV doesn't do. They are really, really furious and livid. This is the kind of thing that has California so on edge. It's such a tinderbox uh, that this kind of hypocrisy and just flat out cruelty to normal people. Hey, you know, uh, sometimes they hide behind science. They are either on the side of science, these people who are really pushing the lockdown. And uh, other people who have, uh, I think, a better understanding of science can point out that it doesn't really work. And I, I think we've quoted some of these uh, stats on uh, a study on, on the mask. And the mask really saves nobody's lives. And yet it's uh, intimidation, it's submission, and it has all these ramifications uh, from this. But, uh, you know, uh, there's a person well-known on CNBC, the financial station, Rick Santelli, one of my favorites. I've met him, and he's true and honest to what he believes in. And he gets into the crossways with the other commentators. And he was on again a couple years ago. He was on one where he went on a rant, and it was one of the biggest things ever hit the Internet. But this time it was with another member of the, of the panel, Sorkin. And uh, the big argument is Sorkin took the position that, that Santelli knew nothing about science and he has to bear, you know, bear down and deal with it and not criticize it. So they went back and forth and back and forth. And uh, I, I think the big question is, uh, and uh, I heard uh, Daniel, you make a comment about that, just who the American people are going to identify with. I know who I identify with in that argument and all that rage that went on. But I'm hoping that uh, your suspicion is that there's going to be a lot of other Americans that are going to identify with uh, Rick Santelli. Yeah, that was a big blowout on Friday, Dr. Paul. They, they, uh, they had a screaming match on TV, and it was replayed over and over. And again, as I say, the talk shows uh, down here in the L.A. area, they were eating it up. And because essentially uh, uh, Sorkin... You know, basically, when you don't have an argument, you just scream, it's science, it's science, it's science. It's like if you were trying to force your religion on someone else. Uh, oh, this is the truth, this is the truth, this is the truth. And Santelli called him out. He said, hey, what are you talking about? You say that you have to close churches, you have to close restaurants. People can't do any of these things they want to do. But somehow they can go to Walmart, they can go to Target, they can go to these huge stores, which, by the way, are recording record profits. Amazon, record profits. But people can be indoors crowded together in walmart but they can't be outdoors social distanced at the restaurant and uh sorkin left science that science that science well santelli got the best of him and as our friends at zero hedge have pointed out there have been a lot of backlash against sorkin uh for what he claimed for his arrogant this is a public service announcement uh, to everyone you've got to shut everything down except the big well-connected stores so i think this kind of hypocrisy this kind of cruelty really is catalyzing people uh, and, and making them really angry and really question. Even people that are trying to do the right, even though you and I would disagree, because the idea that somehow you can catch it inside but not in a tent outside is, for anyone with a brain, is insane. Uh, nevertheless, this whole idea that you can't go to church but you can go to Walmart, which is what we're seeing here in California and other places that are going insane, it's just not going to fly this time. People are in no mood. <laughs> You know, um, 
It, it, it to me shows that these people that go back and forth, especially the ones that are promoting lockdown, that they don't have a philosophic anchor. Anchor. They just do, do what they think is important, politically speaking. And they do that when they're locked down is they pick and choose. They pick bars, uh, uh, you know, to close down and put, pick churches to close down. But, you know, the big corporations, they get to stay open. So that, that is what happens. And, and it's a, really a mess because most of what goes on in this whole thing has, uh, you know, not very much to do with uh, science. I think they convince a lot of people and you can't win the arguments and you know most of what you're hearing about on the virus is is not very scien uh, scientific and uh, they, they, um, they, they don't have any position uh, to deal with. They don't have the, the thought that well maybe maybe this will work out if we ha if we believed in in in, in liberty uh, to solve these problems. But I saw one I found a little bit of amusing because it shows the mixture of what happens when you have no anchor and no personal belief on what liberty should be all about. They you know for years now uh, they've regulated uh, at the federal government. We have federal laws and courts that says you can't smoke and certain areas, which is health-wise is not a bad idea. Uh, and uh, of course, a libertarian would think about, yes, regulate it, but do it through, through private property. So they've done that for a long time. And uh, they were working on some regulations in this lockdown business on what they could do in this one facility. And they say, no, you, you, you can't smoke here. Uh, tobacco is bad for your health, but marijuana is okay. So, so they, they, they made sure that they legalize that. That's a sign of the times, I guess. But they, it never dawned on them. Maybe these choices could be worked out. You know, the scientific choices, uh, the social choices, uh, and whether or not you can keep your church over and who's taking the risk. That, that's not in this discussion at all. And yet it should boil down to all life is taking a risk. Every decision we make, there's some risk involved. And who should make those decisions? Should it be the, uh, uh, the radical left who wants to socialize and, and institutionalize communism and fascism? Or should it be people who have uh, promised they're never going to commit violence and let them work out the problem? But no, instead we have this. So there's some places, Daniel, better be careful. If you want to smoke your cigarette, you won't be allowed. But, you know, you're allowed to have that other stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of that in California. You know, a lot of libertarians argue, even Dr. Paul, that uh, these businesses are perfectly fine uh, demanding ma mass mandates and all the things that they're demanding on people because they're acting in a private capacity. But the fact of the matter is that is not correct because what they are doing is they're enforcing government edicts. They're acting as government agents. And one good piece of evidence of that is every time you see a mask mandate sign on a store, it always references some bogus government edict that was not passed legally. It was just handed down by some authority. So the idea that these companies are acting on their own uh, as as private companies and not doing the bidding of the government simply isn't true. You know, and I, I went into a store yesterday. I had to uh, to get a, a suit coat, and uh, the people started yelling and barking. You got to get out. You got to get out. Where's your mask? Put your mask on. Nobody can convince me in the real world if I walked in there with a wallet full of money and I wanted to buy a coat that they somehow would not allow their businesses, or they would treat their customers that way. So I really reject this argument that these businesses are acting in a private capacity. They're acting under the duress of completely insane 
power mad officials who capriciously will shut down businesses for the very slimmest and slightest of perceived uh, violations. You know, the uh, planners, the people who want to run our lives and run the economy and everything, they come in, you know, with studies and they have statistics. And it's the same kind of statistics that they uh, use in political campaigning and they're distorting and there's so much lying goes on. But uh, in, in this case, the, the, uh, the testing is uh, done for the purpose of biasing the, the statistic. So if, um, if all of a sudden tomorrow it's discovered that uh, maybe that, that the virus is difficult uh, to identify and they can't be absolutely positive, that they are now measuring fragments of viruses that uh, are capturing RNA and they've never done that full before to devise a, uh, a vaccine and that uh, th they have a lot of more questions than, than answers. But uh, what if it finds out that the test that they run uh, is totally unreliable and more, more statistics are coming out now that, you know, some, I, somebody came, told me the story the other day, they had a friend that did this and they took, they had four tests and, and they, uh, uh, four people had four tests and they were all positive. So they went and had the test done negative and they were all negative. And uh, I, I think uh, it's understandable because the test is unreliable, and the politics is unreliable, and you know, it just makes a whole, a whole mess of it that uh, people do that. So I think uh, there's more stuff coming out now on the, uh, on the PCR tests and uh, that it is totally unreliable and it's the way it's run. If you keep looking long enough and go through the cystic uh, threshold cycles, that you, the longer you go, the more negative and the false positives you're going to have. So they just run them longer and all of a sudden they get a lot more positives and all of a sudden it falls into place for, it's another emergency. This is worse than ever. But they won't entertain the thought, well, maybe total deaths in the country haven't changed and maybe it has something to do that we're in the flu season. Who knows what? But everything is, all the things, all the stats are to show that the pandemic uh, is uh, worse than ever, and they never can attach this to really literal danger uh, to a lot of people. Yes, some people is very dangerous for it, but we know about that. We know about uh, comorbidities, the elderly, and all, and we know how safe it is for people under 20 or under 40. But that's totally ignored. They have to wear the masks too. But this this testing is breaking out now, and uh, and the tests are unreliable. And it's been suggested that if no matter who takes or orders the test, they should ask the question: How many cycles of threshold have they gone through? How long did they? search, uh, you know, for a fragment of a virus to make give me a positive test. And uh, nobody's ever brought this up until a month ago. And, th and now they're starting to talk about it. And guess what, Daniel? There's another good news. There's one state now that's saying that they want to know it before the tests are given on everybody, and that's Florida. So Florida is, uh, you know, opened up their state, and they don't want to be directed by false testing that goes on. But of course, you know, Daniel, if you agree with what I'm saying, we're both in big trouble because we just don't care. And uh, maybe we care in a different way. Maybe we really care. Yeah, you know, the real weakness at the heart of the entire lockdowners argument, uh, two things. One is the so-called science that masks and distancing work. 
which have been debunked. Certainly the Danish study and others have done that. But the other real one is the PCR test. And that is critical. If that is debunked, and it should be, it should be today, uh, tomorrow, yesterday, uh, that really takes the rug out. Because as we've been saying for months, as others have been saying uh, for a long time, what we're looking at is a case-demic, not a pandemic. It's a pandemic of so-called cases never in history uh, did you need a test to find out you had a case even if you weren't sick. But, you know, there was a good piece on Zero Heads, which we do read, which talks about this issue of cycle threshold, which is how many cycles they go through to magnify fragments of RNA to determine whether or not enough is present to constitute a case. And the, uh, the testing centers are not collecting the data about how many cycles. And that is critical. Here's a couple of things that the article uh, from Zero Heads pointed out, the Wadworth Center, which is a laboratory in New York, they analyzed tests with 35 cycles, and they said that half of those would be false positives if they ran it at 35 cycles. Uh, the Infectious Disease Society of America found that only at only 25 cycles of amplification, 70% of the cases were not cases because you couldn't culture any virus from the RNA that they had multiplied and and. Uh, and, and, and put together even at 25. So what they're saying is it's not a positive test. All it's doing is finding some RNA that they keep magnifying and duplicating. So without the critical number of how many times they are amplifying these little fragments of RNA, we don't know the most important science, which is, is someone going to be sick and is someone going to be infectious? And that's why it is good news, as you point out, Dr. Paul, in Florida, that they're finally the first state in the union saying, hey, you've got to not only report the result of the test, you have to report the threshold, the, the, the number of cycles that you've gone through to amplify these little fragments of RNA in the backs of people's noses. You know, sorting all this business out and finding out who's sick, who isn't, and what is the significance... Uh, is difficult, but I think the motivation isn't to get to the truth. The motivation has been quite different. It's, uh, it's several different groups. Some might want to make some money on it. Some want chaos for political reasons. Some people just want to do it because they hate the Republicans and, and Trump and they want to embarrass him. It goes on and on. And so being uh, being scientific uh, is is uh, something to be a challenge. Oh, that's a difficult thing. We have to handle that. We got to make sure there's no scientific proof of, uh, of what our opposition is saying. So this is, um, this is going to get more complex because the vaccines have started. And the vaccines are not going to be without complications. Sometimes there will be mild effects. Some are going to get very serious. They don't know what to expect. They haven't done that much testing. And uh, it's going to take a long time for them to, to know about this. But there will be people who will be worried about this. They will have subjective uh, reactions. They, they, won't, they won't even be something that is actually physical, but there could be some physical changes. Somebody gets a vaccine, they could have some fever and different things. They could actually have some mild symptoms of, of the flu, flu itself. And of course, this is all mixed in of the problem that we have sorting things out about the damage and the danger of the, uh, of the virus, and that is the lockdown. Most people now realize the lockdown is 
much more dangerous than the virus itself. And I don't know why they can't just let people decide, uh, you know, which they like. I'll take, I'll take my chances with that. I'll take my treatment with, with the uh, virus, and uh, I will lead, a, lead, lead my life. But not to just to totally destroy the concept of, of liberty. But we're, we're at a point now is, I think this is getting worse all the time. There's been such tragic stories revealed on some of the television stations. And that is the people who are taking care of small children at home. And there might be a, a single parent uh, who had to quit their jobs or home with the kids. And the kids are becoming psychotic. And there's more, um, psychotic is the right word too, because there's, there's more, uh, uh, more people committing suicide. So this mixture of all the, the virus, which is probably the least dangerous of the, of the whole thing, the lockdown is terrible, the vaccine is gonna be difficult to, to uh, figure it out, and then the politics of it all and the financial benefits to some people, this is a mess. I imagine when this history is written, this past year, and it's going to continue, this one, this year could get worse, which it would be a real tragedy, but I'm predicting that people are going to wake up. But this, this is going to go down in history as one of the m- most confused, dangerous thing that ever happened with the uh, pandemic of a non-virus, uh, you know, a radical reaction to it. Uh, but I think I'm very much motivated to do my very best to find out the truth about these things because it's out there. There's a lot of smart people that are talking about this and writing about this, and the message has to be spread. And that's risky there, too, because right now, the majority of the American people probably are on the side of, well, if you see your neighbor not wearing his mask when he's mowing his yard, we're going to turn him in to call the police. So, uh, but even though that may be the case that there's more, but the numbers are growing of people saying enough is enough and there's a lot just waiting there for a little bit of courage. So I pray for their courage to come out and tell the truth. And the thing is, Dr. Paul, we're not denying that people are getting sick and dying. So they can't put us in that category. What we're saying is the insanity of this one size fits all When we actually do have science, we know how many people die from this under the age of 50 even, and it's minuscule. So why have this one-size-fits-all approach when you can do like the great uh, Barrington statement where you can do selective protection of people from vulnerable categories and let everyone else, if they choose, get on with their lives and start living normal again. But that's not what they're doing. They don't want to let go. We see now that the CDC wants to issue a a card of showing you've got your vaccination against this. And that card is going to be like an internal Soviet passport. If you don't have it, you can't move. And already Ireland and Canada said, you don't take that shot, you're not going to be able to move around a lot. So they are not going to lighten up. They're, They're going to double down on the tyranny. But we know for a fact, and here's actually an interesting study that I was looking at earlier, Dr. Paul, a very large study at the Indiana University. Uh, they studied 70,000 students uh, to see about their positive tests for COVID. And this is Dr. Lana DeBibo, assistant professor of clinical medicine. Here's what they found with these studies. What we found is that actually the more in-person credit hours a student has, the less likely they are to test positive for COVID-19. So letting young people who don't get sick out of their dorm rooms, outside, in the sun, interacting in classrooms, they actually, surprise, surprise, 
are healthier than the people that are locking into these dungeons saying, oh, we got to protect you, they end up getting even sicker. So why continue with these approaches that are counterproductive? Right. And, and Daniel, I want to have a comment from you about Adam, Adam Dick, who uh, works with us on the Institute, uh, talks about the football team. And uh, I understand in that article, he, uh, he talks about uh, who was positive and, and, and whether they were authentic. But uh, evidently, the football players, even though teams are just locked down all the time, that most of them don't have, they're in one of the safe categories. But uh, what, what was this thing that Adam did that they, they had some positives, but they weren't really positive? Yeah, it's really interesting because if you think about it, Certainly governors and all these petty dictators have no incentive uh, to give people their freedom. But the NFL has enormous incentive to track, to find out about the virus, because if they have people that are not eligible to play, if they get sick, then they're going to lose some of their best players. So they have a big financial incentive to really be on top of the actual science. And Adam uh, wrote a piece, and it's on the RonPaulInstitute.org website, about what's happened in the NFL. And it's kind of interesting. An article yesterday was written. Seven Kansas City Chiefs players tested positive. Uh, so they spent five hours tracking and tracing and contact tracing and everything. And then they went back and checked it again. All seven, 100% of them, were false positives. And that was not an isolated incident. Uh, the Indiana Colts had four positive cases. They went back and tested all false positives. So the fact of the matter is that this case-demic, which is feeding the hysteria, feeding the lockdowns, feeding the deaths because of the lockdowns, is based on very, very unreliable data. And that's all we're asking for. Let's talk science, okay? There, it's not, it's, it's my science versus your science, is what the, the people like uh, Sorkin and the others are saying. You know, uh, when they offered this uh, uh, test for free, you know, it made me think, uh, you know, when something is free, it might not be worth a whole lot. But they lined up. Thousands <laughs> of people lined up because it's a free test. And it looks like you just made the strong point that uh, how much is it worth getting a free test? I don't understand why people, if they understand it, I, you know, if, if the story about how dangerous the virus was, that's that's a little bit different, but that that isn't the case. But they they um, uh, they they just are, are sort of like a mob psychology. I got to get my test. I got to get my test. And then if they'd read more stories about this, how many false negatives there are, and now they're understanding the whole test process. There's going to be a lot of people that uh, should wake up uh, from this. Uh, the um, uh, I wanted to uh, have one more story, Daniel, then we can uh, sort of wind this down. But that has to do with what's going on in Chicago. Uh, no, nobody's surprised that there's a lot of violence in the streets of Chicago. And uh, the Black Lives Matter has been very much involved. And, and uh, there, there, there's tremendous amount of harm and injuries. But they have, they've had that type of thing in uh, Chicago for a long time. So uh, even before Black Lives Matter existed and even before COVID, it existed but with the lockdown and with COVID and and Black Lives Matter it's it's been a really really bad problem and uh, so with all this violence the one thing the uh, uh, the politicians thought well I guess we have too many policemen so we need to defund the police that ought to help so uh, so of course it didn't help and and it thing got worse but uh, 
the, they have a statistic out on this on Chicago that if if uh, if you're in Chicago, you have a 23 times you're 23 times more likely to be uh, killed uh, from guns than from COVID. And yet all the hysteria is over COVID. And uh, of course, they, they, might, they might come back and say that, uh, well, that, that's the trouble is, is we don't take enough guns off the street. But I tell you what, uh, it, it isn't a gun that kills. It's the violence that, you know, a political system creates. And the fact that people think that uh, the politicians endorse this violence. They can tore, tear up a city and break the windows and steal everything. And they're never stopped. What a tragedy. It just goes to show that that Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago and many of the other mayors of these liberal towns, they're very good at barking out orders that hurt the average people that try to be as law-abiding as possible. When it comes to actually running things, they're completely useless. And hopefully more Americans will come out of this with at least libertarian-like feelings that these people, they're not qualified to run a, uh, to fund, to, to run a dog catcher, uh, you know, outfit. So it's, it's really, it's really bad. But you know, I would just close, Dr. Paul, if we're ready, with uh, just some observations. I do, uh, in my, my time here in California, I'll be here for a few more days, I try to look at what's going on. And, and I think, as I said earlier, it is a tinderbox uh, where you have the talk radio on one hand, really a lot of them going against this totalitarianism that's emerging. But then you turn on the TV news, and it is relentless. Every story has a COVID angle, from shopping to... Uh, Christmas to everything has a COVID angle, but people here are fed up and I'm dri driving around a little bit, looking around. It's not scientific necessarily, but it's observation. More and more signs are going up in people's yards on the side of the freeway. They're homemade signs. Recall Gavin Newsom. Recall the governor. They say a few other things about the governor that I can't repeat on the family show that we have here, Dr. Paul, but it is a groundswell and I'm not saying it's reached a critical mass yet, but people are fed up and they're getting active, and I think that's a good thing. I hope there's more and more of it. Wonderful. You know, I think the basic problem is, is that people have given up on assuming the responsibility for taking a risk. Freedom is all about the permission for you to take your own risk and what you do with your life. You own your life and you should be encouraged to take care of it. And you're encouraged to get rewards that are benefiting you and your family and your close friends. And it's, it's not something that is turned over to the government and the government will tell you how to be perfectly safe. Now, when you think about what's going on in this, particularly this last year, the government is spending not billions, trillions of dollars to try to make us safe from a virus. The people, the scientists, are, honest scientists had strongly disagree with each other that said, said that this is not a dangerous virus and that's not, not as the point. So, but, and yet, you know, um, um, you know, financially, the government takes over. Uh, the crisis was built because of a terrible, terrible monetary system by the Federal Reserve. So there's a lot of tragedy, a lot of unemployment there. And the only thing is, is a lot of risk. And we just didn't have the best managers. We need better managers of the money system, better managers of the budget, so we don't get too much debt. Now, all these things, they go on. 
and uh, we just need people to assess these risks, and then we'll take care of people. And, and it, it's, it's sort of the way people live now. As soon as there's a crisis, it's, what is the government going to do? When are they going to send me the money? What is it this? Well, that, that is a society that doesn't work because it works on the short run. It makes people feel good. The politicians feel good. And they might even get reelected by doing that. But eventually it quits with a bang and a big bang. And that's what I fear because uh, we've, history has shown that people never go through cycles like this that think that they can take care of everybody, control everybody, assume a risk for everybody, tell them what to do, what they can read. Now we even read and hear about book burning systems, that it doesn't end well. It ends very badly. And uh, it, it's sort of the opposite of what had existed to some degree in this country and what America was all about. So it's going to be a test of will right now because we see some good things happening. We see people waking up and we see people resisting all this. And yet we see others who make a lot of noise and they want to punish people. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, they're not going to accept the principle. Well, if you think it's dangerous to be out there, wear a mask, you know, and uh, don't make somebody else do it. Oh, no, we have to make somebody else do it. As long as that exists, there's going to be a lot of conflict. But uh, it's, uh, the, uh, the solution is not complex. We just have to have a better understanding of how beneficial it is to live in a free society where individuals are recognized as the spot where people make decisions and decide for themselves what they think is best for them and their families. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.